0: Hi, this is health coach Wally Bishop, and welcome to Wellness with Wally. In this podcast, we talk about how to apply nutrition and lifestyle changes to reboot your health and happiness. In 2006, I weighed over 450 pounds, and I had many health problems. By learning about nutrition and adapting holistic, healthy living principles, I was able to lose more than 220 pounds, and I have kept it off. By adapting these natural holistic principles, I reversed many of my health problems, including diabetes, obesity, high blood pressure, to name just a few. Who better to coach you than someone who has faced the challenges you have and has actually beaten them? I received my training from the Institute for Integrative Nutrition and American Fitness Professionals and Associates, where I studied a variety of dietary theories, nutrition, and practical lifestyle coaching methods. With my knowledge and experience together, we're going to co-create through this podcast a vision and path for you to achieve your health goals. And please remember, this podcast is not medical advice in any way. If you have medical conditions, please see your doctor. And please never stop taking prescription medications unless advised to do so by your doctor. Now, let's get right to the podcast. This is podcast number 12. Hello, friends. This is your host, Health Coach Wally Bishop. Welcome to today's podcast. I can't tell you how excited I am to talk about today's subject because it is a food that I truly love. And I am talking about chocolate. Yes. In fact, my wife will tell you that I am the only man she knows that loves chocolate as much as most women do. So I am a self confessed chocoholic. I do love chocolate, I have it every day, but I want to make sure you understand which chocolate is best, which chocolates are bad, how much to have, and a little bit about the history of ch- chocolate if you want to do that. I'm going to give that towards the end. I'm going to get to the good stuff first. So if you want to hear the history of chocolate, how it's made, those types of things, it'll be towards the end of this broadcast. So let's just go ahead and, and jump right into this story. So before we get started, I want to be very, very clear. The chocolate in your candy bars, your cookies, your cakes, your granola, cereal, and pastries like donuts and ding-dongs have absolutely no health redeeming properties. Matter of fact, they rob nutrients from your body. There is very little chocolate in those products. In fact, most milk chocolate bars are only 5 to 10% chocolate. That is all at most. So when we hear the word chocolate, there are other names that are used, such as cocoa or cacao, maybe you've never heard of cacao. Cacao spelt C-O-C-A-O is actually the raw form of chocolate before it's turned into actually chocolate. It is unprocessed other than being fermented, dried, and cracked into nibs or ground into chocolate liquor or cocoa powder you can buy raw cacao powder raw cacao whole beans cacao nibs nibs are cracked pieces of the bean and you can also buy raw cacao liqueur so it's called cocoa after it's been roasted and then turned into a powder or paste for cooking or making hot chocolate or other chocolate foods but you can also use the raw form called cacao for this as well. Uh, that's what I typically like to use. It's just I use raw cacao powder for my uh, hot chocolates and stuff. So when the cocoa bean is roasted or the cacao bean is roasted, it brings on a stronger chocolate flavor. But it also diminishes some of the nutritional properties of that chocolate you're eating. There's also another type of chocolate called Dutched chocolate. And that removes about 70% of the nutritional value of what would normally be in raw cacao or chocolate. The dutching process actually began in 1828 when it was invented by a Dutch chemist by the name of Conrad Van Houten. The dutching process involves adding potassium salts to the cocoa powder. It is supposed to richen the chocolate color, the chocolate flavor, and also make it blend better with water. Okay, so what about white chocolate? Well, white chocolate is just the saturated fats that have been removed from the chocolate solids. So there is really no nutritional value in white chocolate. Matter of fact, it has very little chocolate flavor, to be honest with you, if you ever had it. So to me, white chocolate is just a waste of time. Really, they add a ton of sugar to it like they do most other chocolates. Uh, I just wouldn't eat white chocolate uh, myself. So dark chocolate can only be called dark chocolate when the cocoa content is 70% or higher greater chocolate uh, solids by content. So if it says 55% dark chocolate, that's not true. It's not considered dark chocolate. That's just chocolate. It has to be 70% dark chocolate or higher to be considered dark chocolate, according to regulations by the USDA and FDA. So chocolate is the final product in the form of bars, candies, cookies, semi-sweet nibs and morsels and all those kind of things. Chocolate is what we call the final product. So we have cacao, which is the raw form. We have cocoa, which is the form after it has been turned into a powder or a liqueur. And then we have chocolate, which is when we take those and combine them with other ingredients to actually make a product. So before I tell you the actual story of chocolate, let's get right to the health benefits. I know you want to hear those most. And certainly negative benefits if there are any. So there are hundreds of science-based, peer-reviewed studies. You can find them in PubMed and a lot of other scientific journals out there, published on the beneficial effects of raw cacao and chocolate. Yes, I said hundreds involving large numbers of subjects, so this this isn't even debatable news. The facts are there, and they're published on the health values of chocolate. And remember, the darker, the higher the cocoa content, the healthier this is for you. The more it is reduced by other ingredients, the less healthy it is. So let's start off with a very important note. It is not my intent to cover every single health benefit that chocolate provides. There are way too many for this podcast, but let's just narrow it down and put it in the short term. And that raw cacao, cocoa, chocolate in its best form improves central nervous system function digestive function, neurological function, cardiovascular and heart function. It improves immune function, hormonal balance. It's very anti-inflammatory which can help with joint pain and other things. So as you can see, the benefits of chocolate are huge. So now let's dive in and get to some specifics, but remember This podcast is not about covering all of them; just the major ones. Cacao and chocolate actually comes from a fruit pod. Yes, you heard me—a fruit pod that grows on the trunk and limbs of trees, not off of a little stem or branch like most other things do. So, and I'll get to that more of that later. I just wanted to hit you with that up front. It actually comes from a fruit pod. Yes you heard me right okay so back to the health benefits so there is an indigenous tribe off the name off the coast of panama called uh, the kunas and so a study was done uh, on the kuna indians who reside um, off the caribbean coast of panama they have very low blood pressure levels they live longer than other panamanians They have a reduced frequency of myocardial infarction, stroke, diabetes, and cancer, at least on their death certificates. I am reading this from the study itself. One outstanding feature of their diet includes a very high intake of flavanol-rich cocoa. Flavonoids in cocoa activate nitric oxide synthesis in healthy humans. The possibility that the high flavanol intake protects the Kuna against high blood pressure ischemic heart disease, stroke, diabetes, and cancer is sufficiently intriguing and sufficiently important that large randomized controlled clinical trials should be pursued. And guess what they did? The name of the study is Flavanols, the Cuna Cocoa Consumption and Nitric Oxide. You can find it on PubMed by Holenberg, Fisher, and McCullough. They're all doctors. So how about that? So raw cocoa or chocolate is also the world's, or at least, the second most powerful known antioxidant food in the world. Raw cocoa or chocolate has 40 times more antioxidants than blueberries, even more antioxidants than green tea, acai berries, blackberries, and any other fruit or vegetable that exists. Only one type of algae has more antioxidant power, and it's called Homo tucoccus pluvialis, Don't ask me to spell it. I can pronounce it. There are some herbs that have been dried that are a little higher in antioxidant content, but you eat very little of those since they're powdered and dried. So the real healthy chocolate, raw cacao or cocoa powder that hasn't been processed much is very high in antioxidants. They're primarily, uh, primarily the the antioxidants are uh, allagic acid phenolic compounds, flavanols, and catechins. Some of the vitamins and minerals also act as antioxidants. So let's look at some of the nutrients that are actually in in, um, raw cacao. And I'm saying raw cacao because that is the richest form and the most nutrient-dense form of chocolate. It's rich in fiber, very rich in vitamin K, also contains vitamins B1, B2, B3, B5, B6, and folate. It's rich in many minerals, including calcium, iron, zinc, copper, selenium, magnesium, manganese, phosphorus, and potassium. It is also the richest iron-providing plant-based food. Raw cacao or very dark chocolate protects against heart and cardiovascular disease by lowering blood pressure and increasing nitric nitric oxide which makes those blood vessels more flexible, and it keeps the cells lining blood vessels pr- protected from oxidative damage. They also promote the production of cancer and pathogen-fighting compounds in our immune system. They lower the bad cholesterol called LDL and raise the good cholesterol called HDL. They improve insulin resistance, providing protection against diabetes, and even helping lower blood sugars and, uh, sh- blood sugars in some people with diabetes. They protect our skin from harm from the sun through their antioxidant protection. And this happens when you have been eating it on a consistent basis for six or seven weeks. It gets to your skin and provides that protection against the UV rays. It is also a vision booster. It's a great source of energy for sustained long-term energy for like hiking and those types of things. It can improve our cognitive abilities by its neuroactive compounds. But let's talk about that for a minute chocolate cocoa cacao has a few very powerful neuroactive compounds that provide a bounty of positive health benefits for our um, our brain so theobromine is a mild stimulant it keeps us alert and provides for better concentration it is a much milder stimulant than caffeine but it's related to caffeine it's in the caffeine family Dark chocolate, cacao, cocoa also has caffeine. It's a stimulant, but there's very little in cocoa or chocolate. It boosts heart rate and, and, and a little helps with athletic performance by boosting the metabolic energy pathways we have. Uh, it can certainly boost, and it doesn't take much caffeine to boost athletic performance. There's another compound called phenethylamine, also known as PEA, or the love drug. PEA produces a similar effect to the one produced by amphetamines. It gives you sort of that feel-good kind of high. It stimulates the release of endorphins and dopamine, which sort of cause that powerful feeling. Chocolate, cacao, cocoa also have a compound called anandamides. The name derives from the Sanskrit word ananda, which means bliss. This euphoria-inducing chemical is closely related to the active ingredient in cannabis, believe it or not, binding to the same receptors in the human brains. So it's going to give you a similar type of blissful feeling. Chocolate triggers the brain to release endorphins, hormones that cause our pulse to speed up and give us a pleasant high feeling, rather like being in love. Incidentally, if you're eating a sufficient amount of chocolate, you might be interested to know that Intensive exercise also releases endorphins, meaning you can maintain that feel-good factor while burning calories when you exercise, and I think most of of us athletes know that when we exercise, we release endorphins, but guess what chocolate does as well? Dopamine is another neurotransmitter that's boosted by chocolate consumption. Dopamine helps control the brain's reward and pleasure centers. The release of the brain's pleasure chemical dopamine has the effect of making pupils dilate, a sign that has been commonly associated with the feelings of excitement and love. The brain also releases oxytocin. Have you ever heard of that chemical before? Oxytocin is very important, especially for moms that have just had babies. It's also important for us when we love people. So the brain releases oxytocin every time you hug someone or every time you eat chocolate. How about that? So have some chocolate and hug someone, and hug someone, and you get twice the benefit of oxytocin. So the dark side of chocolate: if you eat too much, the theobromine or caffeine could make you over anxious. It can also be addictive if eaten too much because of the neurological effects of it. It makes us feel so good. Raw cacao is much less addictive than the processed cocoa because the processed cocoa also has a ton of sugar in it and other additives that can also make us addictive. If you're eating chocolate bars, remember there's high fat content in those, so it can cause weight gain if you consume too much. Just have a square or two daily, that's all you need to get the positive health benefits like reducing blood pressure and protecting your heart and fighting against cancers and infections and those kind of things, so it doesn't take that much. It would be difficult to eat too much raw cocoa powder because it's very low in calories. It's rich in fiber and rich in those nutrients and virtually has no fat in it. Very, very little fat. So a tablespoon of cocoa powder is about 20 calories. That's it. So cocoa powder is a great way to get the benefits of cocoa without all the calories. So let's talk about where your chocolate comes from. Let's start with the beginning. Chocolate grows on a tree called the Theobroma cacao. The tree is hardy, but only grows in the equatorial range in Central and South America and Africa. There are 22 22 different varieties in the Theobroma family, but only three are Theobroma cacao, meaning there are only three varieties that grow cocoa pods. Theobroma cacao actually means food of the gods. And believe it or not, cocoa beans were used for currency in different cultures during the 1400s and 1500s. So, the chocolate you find in the store comes from the cacao bean. And really, it's a seed. Remember what I said earlier? It comes from a fruit pod. It is the seed of the cacao fruit. But we call them, from this point on, we're going to call them beans. So, the pod grows from the trunk and limbs of the tree not from a network of leaves or flowers like you would normally see some fruits. Once ripe, they're picked and the beans separated from the hull in the pith. The beans are all connected by a web of white pithy material. It's sort of like the pithy white stuff in pomegranates. The beans grow in a pod with about 40 beans. The pod is about the size of a small spaghetti squash shaped like a football with distinctive ribs running from tip to tip. When ripe, they're mostly a yellow color. The beans are about the size of a large almond and are in the fruit of the cacao pod. The beans are sort of suspended on this pithy material in a gooey, sweet substance, like the gooiness of honey, called fruit. The fruit is very sweet and edible, and the fruit coats the cacao beans. The The cacao beans, before fermenting and roasting, are actually purple. As they ferment they begin to lose some of the purple as the antioxidant begins to change chemically to other very powerful antioxidants. So they crack open the pods, they extract the beans, they're coated in this gooey fruit like stuff. They take them off the pithy stuff and they put them in these large containers for several days to to let the fermentation take place. Now they will stir them several times a day because it's going to generate heat the fermentation process also creates a liquid and they drain the liquid off and it's called uh, like a chocolate vinegar and the people making the chocolate a lot of times will drink that because it's a fermented drink it acts as a probiotic once fully fermented which takes about five days they remove the beans and allow them to dry this may take several weeks and at this point Once they are dried, you have highly nutritious raw cacao beans ready to be made either into raw food products or sent to be roasted for other uses. So, a little more history for you. The Aztecs took chocolate admiration to another level. They believed cacao was given to them by their gods. Like the Mayans, they enjoyed the caffeinated kick of hot or cold spiced chocolate beverages in these beautiful ornate containers. But they also used cacao beans as currency to buy food and other goods. In the Aztec culture, cacao beans were considered more valuable than gold. Cocoa beans were used as currency. With one bean, you could buy one egg. With 100 beans, you could buy a chicken. The typical typical wage was 100 beans per day for the average worker. The Aztec warriors claimed that a diet of cocoa beans could sustain them for days without other foods and made them great warriors. Now the Spanish were introduced to chocolate in South America and traveling the globe by sea they brought cocoa beans to Africa and today one of the largest producers is a remote island off the coast of Africa. The Spanish also introduced Europe to chocolate, to cacao, cocoa beans and the much revered chocolate drinks that they got the recipes from, from the Aztecs. Now there is conflict as to who was the first to actually bring chocolate to Europe? Was it Columbus or Cortez? But it really doesn't matter um, because other European nations began importing cocoa beans to make all these decadent chocolates. Obviously, we know France is a huge connoisseur of chocolates and makes some of the best chocolate desserts in the world. So do the Dutch, so, so do the Italians. So it was in Europe where chocolate really began to be sweetened. In Central and South America, they didn't have sweet drinks. The, they might have added a little bit of honey, but they added other spices to their chocolate. But in Europe, it's where the sweet chocolate and milk chocolate actually was produced. Chocolate didn't arrive in, Amer- in, in America until 1641 on a Spanish vessel porting in Florida. It is believed that the first chocolate house in America opened in Boston in 1682. Here's another very interesting note for you. During the Revolutionary War, chocolate was provided as rations to American freedom fighters and sometimes as payment instead of money. And chocolate has been given as rations to people in service in every war in conflict since that time. In 1828, the Dutching process of chocolate was introduced, like I told you earlier, by a Dutch chemist by the name of Conrad van Houten. Van Houten discovered that by mixing potassium salts with the powder, it mixed with water easier, enriched the flavor and the color. Most of the chocolate in America is Dutched, but you can buy raw cocoa powder nibs and beans. So which chocolate is actually the best to buy? So my advice is when you go to the store and you look at chocolate bars, turn them over, look at the ingredients. If you see milk anywhere, put it back. The less ingredients, the better. It should be cocoa or cocoa liqueur. And then it should be maybe vanilla bean. You may see lecithin, which is an emulsifier. And then maybe a little bit of sugar. And that should be it. So in really dark chocolate, like 75%, you may have 6 or 7 grams of sugar. In 85%, you're going to have about 5 grams of sugar. And if you go to 90%, you're looking at 3 or 4 grams of sugar. So it's very important also to look for organic fair trade chocolate. Organic fair trade chocolate. That means that the people processing the chocolate are paid a fair wage and the chocolate trees are grown in a very organic state. If you don't, the chocolate you get has probably been processed by people that are paid very little money, and those chocolate pods are subjected to a lot of chemicals that could make you sick, and we certainly don't want you to do that. So look for fair trade organic chocolate. Look for at least 85% dark or higher than that. If you're getting cocoa powder, try to get raw cocoa powder. You can buy those at certain health food stores. It's worth the extra money to do that. I'd highly encourage you to try cocoa nibs. They're little pieces of the beans that have been chopped up or broken apart. And they can actually, you can put them in a smoothie. You can put them in all different kind of foods. I put them in my hot chocolate sometimes. I put them in my Viv Shake sometimes. It adds a little bit of crunch and adds that little bit of bitterness that comes from the antioxidants in the chocolate. So I hope today you've learned a lot about where your chocolate comes from. The terms cacao, cocoa, and chocolate and what they mean. And be smart about buying your chocolate. Don't overconsume. Remember the bad effects that can happen. But definitely consume it. It's very, very healthy for us. It can be a, a very important part of our daily diet. I do eat it daily. I might have a, a piece or two of very dark chocolate. And then I might have two cups of, of uh, really good hot chocolate. Homemade, right? So, before closing, I want to encourage you to reach out to me. Tell me about subjects you'd like to hear about. Give me some feedback. Am I doing a good job for you? Am I making things interesting? things that you can learn from. Also, you can reach me on Facebook at Wellness with Wally or Wally Bishop Health, Co- Health Coach. I'm also on Instagram at Wally Bishop Health Coach. I would also love you to encourage you to give. Please find that charitable section in your heart. Remember when we give, it is truly a gift without expectation. And if we all gave just a little bit, made somebody smile, lifted somebody up, We can make a huge difference in this world. So please remember to give. And until next time, thank you for listening and may God bless. Bye-bye.